everyone, and welcome to the Sons of Sequoia podcast. It is Thursday, May 6, 2021, and we're broadcasting live from Wheat Ridge, Colorado, the home of the champions. How are you this morning? I'm doing fine, David. It's a beautiful morning here in Denver, Colorado, and Wheat Ridge is a suburb of Denver. And uh, I think we're going to have a fun, fun episode this time with trivia. Yes. Uh, we're going to just... Uh, should we do it as a competition, or should we do it as a cooperation? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, we get started, and maybe we'll naturally move into one or the other. Okay. Well, should we just cut the crap and get started with our first round of questions? So much, yeah, so much to talk about, but we should have fun today. Yes. Let's just talk about trivia. Well, I was reading Foreign Affairs. We were going to do another Foreign Affairs episode like we did yesterday, but the article was long, and some days you just got to take a break and have fun, right? Sometimes you just got to relax. Yes. So, um, without further ado, let's get into it. Let's do it. Trivia. Here's our first round of questions. I think I looked at these. They're kind of hard. Oh, um, really? What was on the first ever 12-inch record? A song. It's an LP. I think I know. Oh, you have the song? or No, oh, a 12, 12-inch uh, was... record is an LP. So. Okay. Oh, yeah, wait, maybe no, was... that's the first CD. I know that... Um, CDs, when Philips was developing CDs, they made them 650 megabytes so that an uncompressed wave file would store 74 minutes of music. And that was a deliberate decision so that it could fit Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Hmm. Now, the first 12-inch record, I don't know. I was going to say Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, but an LP only holds 40 minutes of music. So that won't hold Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. I don't know, Moonlight Sonata? I, I bet it was a song. <laughs> I bet think, it was a song. Do you think it was a popular song from like the Edison? You know, the Edison, they had the wax cylinders, and then they moved on to records. But they had 45s before they had LPs, right? I mean, you would yeah. know this. You're older than me. Yeah. So, we so had a, had a... it may be mid-century that they came out with a 12-inch record. I don't know. I don't know when the LP came out. Are we about to find out? Is it time to end the suspense and find the answer? I think so. Yeah, 45s came up before LPs because 45, uh, so 12 inches and LP, I would say, uh, no, Bob Wills and Texas Playboys. I'll say <laughs> Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Okay. Oh, Beethoven's Fifth, Fifth Symphony. Symphony. <laughs> I was so uh, close. You were so close. I was so far. Oh. Whoa, what just happened? Went to the next six. Here we go. Oh, okay. wow. let's start over. Um, okay. What artificial sweetener based on sucralose was introduced in 1999? I think I know this. Uh, saccharin? No, I believe that's Splenda. So, oh, that's a good that's a good guess. Saccharin Linda. is sweet and low. Asparatame is equal, and sucralose is Splenda. Now, I don't know why I know this because I hate artificial sweeteners. <laughs> you don't even like sweets. I know more about artificial sweeteners than people that use them in their tea or coffee every single day. I think it's Splenda. Are we gonna check it out? Yeah, let's see. Boom. You're right. First You're victory. Right. Yeah, I, I, now I think we just go to the next one without clicking with, with anything. With arts, yeah, I don't click this arrow. I, we do all six. Yeah. That way we get a broad... I like this site, though. Uh, shout out to randomtriviagenerator.com. Pretty good. I like it. I like how they did it. Which German city was the birthplace of the poet Heinrich Hein? Uh, well, you could just pick a city in Germany. Frankfurt. Or Berlin, or, or sorry, about, Hamburg. sorry about that. I was a little indisposed. I had to sneeze. Okay. Um, Heinrich Heinrich Hein. Well, uh, to get the alliteration, Heinrich Hein. Uh, get the age. Let's say Hamburg. <laughs> Heinrich Hein Hamburg. Okay. I have no idea. 
I'm going to say, I like, so yeah, you're right. This is basically choose a city in Germany. Uh-huh. So you say Hamburg. I'm going to say Munich. And that's, that's just a, good a guess. that's a pure guess. Are we ready? Yeah. Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. That one was tough. Yeah. That was pure trivia. I mean, that was a, no, that was just a guess. Uh-huh. I, I don't know unless you knew uh unless you were a Heinrich Hein fan. Yeah. I've exactly. I've never heard of Heinrich Hein. Okay. The Northern Mariana Islands became a US territory during what war? Northern Mariana Islands. I want to where say... Are, where are they? I think they're in the Pacific. Say World War Two, I guess. I, I want to say World War Two, but... Um, when did we get the Philippines? The Spanish-American War, right? Yeah, it could have been that. I'm going to say the Spanish-American War. You that's, say that's, you, you say World War Two. I'll say World War Two because you... Pacific, you think of World War Two, but... I bet it wasn't. I bet it was before then. Let's because we had those islands. But let's see. Big reveal. Reveal. You World win. Yep. So we're one to one. I got Splenda. You got World War Two. We both missed Dusseldorf. Yep. Okay. We missed. Sorry, Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. I like that name. It sounds like something like in the fifties, uh, a bully would call someone they were bullying. You ain't nothing but a Dusseldorf. Um, Venice's famed Bridge of Sighs connects to what? Uh, Islands? I would say, uh, no, I would say two banks. <laughs> I'm going to say islands. What? It, it connects one side with the other side. Famed, famed Bridge of Sighs? Yeah. Well, famed to whom? I don't even know. I've never heard of Bridge of Sighs. Have you heard of the Bridge of Size? I have. I think I saw it in a Rick Steves. They were talking about the Bridge of Size. It's uh, like a it's a tourist okay. attraction there. But before yeah. we go on, before we answer this, shall we Google Mariana Islands and see where it is in the world? Yeah, yeah. I see, where you were right. Are. It was World War II. I think the smart money was on World War II. You had the good guess, Marianas Islands. Let's take a look. Where's the map? Oh, it's Guam. Oh, it's Guam. Um, that doesn't help. Northern Mariana Islands. Yeah, it oh, is. It's north of Guam. So, yeah, I mean, I was right about it being close to the Philippines and the Spanish-American right. War, but... Like it's a triangle between the uh, the Philippines and Japan. Yeah. But it's north of Guam. Yes. I guess it's part of Guam. Maybe it's part of the Guam... Uh, there. Oh, Guam is one of the Mariana Islands. I think I so. It's we're, the southern. I, I this is learning something. Yeah, we're learning it's, something. It's the southern Guam is the southern island of the Mariana Islands. Uh huh. And 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 zoom out again, you can see the archipelago. It goes it goes further up further. See, yeah. See the islands up north. Boom boom boom. There it is. There's the arc. How about that? Isn't the Philippines uh, like thousands of islands? Like if you zoom in, there you keep seeing new islands. See? Yeah, a bunch of little bitty ones. Yeah, you could probably go there and buy an island. Yeah. If you want to live, you want to live over there. Um, the Philip, so, Philippine Sea, South China Sea, East China Sea, Sea of Japan. So I wasn't so certain about um, where the Mariana Islands were. Now I know. And now I know that we acquired them during World War II. We're learning. Yeah. And Guam is part of the Mariana Islands. I, actually, if if you were in uh, people like our, your grandparents, my parents in World War II, they would know that because they were there. Yeah. If you were yeah, in the Pacific. Yeah, if you're in the Pacific. Okay. Well, you can opine on the Bridge of Size. Before I reveal, okay. I um, if you can take the lead, I am going to blow my nose because I have a bit of allergies. Okay, because I believe actually I'm gonna with a bridge of size connect to what I'm gonna go with you and say islands because it's in Venice. Uh, Venice is the uh, was a city of canals or something, and so I'm I'm gonna go with uh, because it's in Venice and Venice says you know the the canals. 
Uh, I'll, I'll go. With, I think uh, an island is two islands is a very good idea. I say island just because it's the obvious one. Uh, it could be churches as well, because <laughs> Italy is nothing but churches. But size, size sounds like you know. Uh, oh. so it could be two cemeteries. It's like, oh yeah, it could be two cemeteries. Or it's like, wake up, kids, put on your Sunday best. We're going to church, and the kids go, ah, oh, we have to cross the bridge <laughs> of size. All right, shall we? Shall we see the answer? Yeah, but also size probably has a has another interpretation in Italian. Prisons, prisons, an old prison inside the uh, Doge Palace to a newer one across the Rio de Palazzo. Wow. Well, I'll be. Well, I'll be. I'll be bumfoozled. Yeah, it's prisons. See, now that's, again, I would never have guessed that. Mm-hmm. We have a booze question. What flavor of schnapps is used to make the drink the fuzzy navel? I don't drink. I have no idea. Uh, well, I... I know that schnapps, I don't, I've never had a fuzzy navel in my life. I do drink occasionally. But navel would lead you to believe orange because schnapps are fruit-flavored liqueurs. However, the fuzzy would lead me to believe, and also I know that orange schnapps isn't really a thing, but a very popular flavor of schnapps is peach schnapps. I was going to say peach because it's fuzzy. So I think that... Yeah, peach kind of looks like a fuzzy orange, right? Yeah, because it's fuzz on the peach. So I'm going to go with peach. Are you going with peach, too? Yeah, I'll go with peach. Peach, we were right. Peach, we both got that one. Uh-huh. Yeah. I that The fuzzy part made me guess. It's just when you said that, I go, yeah, I'll go with that. Because, you know, I've never I've never drank in my life. Uh-huh. I've never had a drink in my whole life. Who is the youngest member of the band Boyzone? I have no idea. I have no idea. The youngest member, uh, I'll say the shortest one. I'm going to say, and this is probably wrong, but I got to put up an answer. I'm going to say Aaron Carter. So his brother Nick was in the Backstreet Boys. And I know that he came up afterward. Now, if you're a, this is the funny thing. Like, I can make educated guesses about trivia, but if you're a boy band fanatic, when I say Aaron, uh, Aaron Carter, you'll be like, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> like, Aaron Carter was never in Boy Zone, but that's, I know he was a little brother of a boy band member. So, my best guess is Aaron Carter. I have no idea. I don't know, I don't know any of those things. Okay. Um, could see. It, I'm huh? trying to think, like, I don't know. That's my only guess. I don't have any other names that are popping into my head. Shall we see? Youngest member. Uh, uh, I I would just have to think of a name of a of a boy singer. Bobby McGee. Recent. No. Of someone who became famous. Oh, is it Charlie Puth? See, I don't know any of those people. So this is not my area. That's for sure. I'll say Charlie Puth. Ronan Keating. I would have never have gotten that. I've never heard any of those names. I hated that question. (laughs) I don't don't like missing music questions. Oh, now you know. It's Ronan Keating, David. Yeah, I won't remember that. Okay, Uh, well, you know, that arrow there is just for you then. We did two out of six. No, three out of six. Splenda, World War II... And Peach. So. I got one. You got one. We both got one. Yeah. And we're 15 minutes in. That means I think we can do about four of these. I think our goal is to get a six out of six. How does that sound? Okay. So we got to do better than three. That's. Let's load it up again. According to the nursery rhyme, how many blackbirds were baked in a pie? Do you know? Trying to think of the nursery rhyme. Blackbird, blackbird, blackbird. Yeah, they do have a number. I can't think of the nursery rhyme. I don't know the nursery rhyme. I never heard it. You guys never read me nursery rhymes. <laughs> we read your Aesop's fables. Yes. If it was about the sour grapes, I would know it, but you never read me Mother Goose. Yeah, I I, I thought nursery rhymes are kind of 
presumptuous. Actually, they they just rhyme. They put things together that rhyme that didn't seem to make sense. That just nursery rhymes never made sense to me. Uh, I'm trying to think of a. Is it a teen? Is it like a singular number, or is it in the teens, or is it in the twenties? Do you have any idea? No, I think it's it's like kind of like a fortnight, you know, like uh, it, like it's not one number. It's like a twelve and two, something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. Actually, we should look up the nursery rhyme. Yes, let's look up the nursery rhyme. Well, we have to guess first because we can't oh, okay. look up the answer. So, what's your guess? Okay, my guess is. Um, Twelve, I'll say five. And the answer is four and twenty. That's what I four and twenty. Twenty four. I was halfway there. That's what I mean. I remember it was, it was two words. Two and one. Three. To, yeah. Four and. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Well, now you're going to see a nursery rhyme, David. We'll look it up and read it. Uh, Sing a song of sixpence, pocket full of rye. Four and twenty blackbirds baked in a pie. When the pie was yeah, opened, like, the birds began to sing. Wasn't that a dainty dish to set before the king? The king was in the counting house, counting out his money. The queen was in the parlor, eating bread and honey. The maid was in the garden, hanging out the clothes. Along came a blackbird and, blackbird and sniffed off her nose. Sing a song of sixpence, pocket full of rye. Four and twenty blackbirds baked in a pie. When the pie was opened, the birds began to sing. Wasn't that a dainty dish to set before the king? So... How? Why would you read that to a kid? Yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> it's bizarre, and usually these nursery rhymes have a have a history behind them, and a lot of times they mean something. But uh, anyway, we we missed that one. Uh huh. That stinks. I, I don't I don't mind missing that one. Shall we go down to science? Okay. What nineteenth century English woman became the first qualified medical doctor? Madame uh, Curie. Florence Nightingale. She was a nurse, though. Yeah. It shows how little we know about women's history. We should be ashamed of ourselves, Mikey. I'll say Florence Nightingale. Was Madame Curie, was she English or was she But she American? wasn't a medical doctor. She was a physicist. She was a physicist. But, oh, yeah. That's, but she dealt with radioactivity. But that's she not... was a scientist, not, not a doctor. It could have been Florence Nightingale, actually. I'll say the Florence Nightingale. I don't think that's right, but let's see. Okay, let's see. Elizabeth Garrett Anderson. Uh, see, that's that's embarrassing. I, I don't know that name. I've never heard that name. I've never heard that name either. We are that's, 0 for 2. That's something to remember, though. Elizabeth Garrett uh, Anderson. The first wow. woman doctor. The first According woman to doctor. Western medicine. Women have been healers throughout antiquity, history. But That's according true. to the standards of the English, Elizabeth Garrett Anderson was the first past the post. In the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to get this one because uh, you you know uh, English history more than I do. Uh, so you're more likely to get this one. Which king of England was crowned on Christmas Day? I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> well, it wasn't in the, it wasn't a Stuart evident parent. Uh, likely it's not a Stuart. It could be a Tudor or a Stuart. It could be Henry VIII. I mean, I think that... Um, I I think that uh, it's going to be a famous English king. King George. King George. Henry VIII. I'll say yeah. Henry VIII. What will you say? Henry VIII is, is, is a colorful, such a colorful character. It makes sense that he would get crowned on Christmas Day. And take credit for Christmas. Mm-hmm. He changed <laughs> yeah, the church. Say, he changed the church. Yeah, let's say let's say Henry the Eighth. William the First. William was, the Conqueror. He was crowned in 1066. That is before the Tudors. You're right. It wasn't a Tudor or a Stuart. Also known as William the Bastard. He was the first Norman king. He was crowned in 1066. Wow. We're 0 for 3 on this set. Yeah. The best we could do is tie our previous performance. I know this one. 
Which supermodel oh, is nicknamed The Body? The, the Body. Do you know? Uh, Marilyn Monroe? No. No. It is L. McPherson. Oh. Boom. You got one. one. Got one. Yay, you got that one. Okay. In which city could you find Bondi Beach? All right. Do you know where Bondi Beach is? I have no idea. No. I know that it's in Australia. So that leaves me with two potential answers. Sydney and Melbourne. Okay. Perth is, is interior? I think Perth is on the west coast. I think this is south coast of Australia. Okay. So Melbourne or Sydney? Those are my two guesses. Yeah. I'll guess Melbourne. Do you want to guess Sydney just to cover yeah, our bases? I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll guess Sydney. I'll say, I think it's Melbourne. Yeah. Sydney, you win. <laughs> okay. I, I lucked out on that one. All right. Sydney. Um, we have two out of three. I mean, two out of five. Yeah, how oh. old was Buddy Holly when he died in a plane crash in 1959? He was young. He was young. He was, he was pretty young, along with uh, Big Bopper and... Richie Valens. And, uh, yeah, Richie Valens. That, that was, that's when the music died. I, I'm going to say 24. I think he could have even been younger, like 22, 21. Yeah. Do you want to make a guess? Yeah, I'll, he could have been 19. Even. I'll say 21. I'll say 24, you say 21. Maybe we'll get three out of six again. Let's try it. Let's try it. 22. Oh. <laughs> we bracketed it. <laughs> uh, he was 22 years old. I said 21, you said 24. We were we were right around it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, because we knew he was in the 20s, early 20s. Well, I must say we did our best that time. Well, we got two out of six. I got uh -huh. one, you got one. You got one because you knew it. I got one because I lucked out. Mm-hmm. Um, shall we load up another set? Yep. There's, there's, uh, yeah, there was two sets. Or, I mean, should we Google a picture of Elle McPherson first? <laughs> I, I, I don't, uh, yeah, the body. Just, just for research? Just for research? The images, the body. There's your body. Let's see. Oh, I got to move. Hold on. Um, I mean, there she is. There she is. She's 51. Yeah, her, she's, she's 51 what, in this picture. She's 51 years old. Well, that's pretty good for 51. But, but the uh, point is, there's, you know, she she does have a very uh, symmetric, well-proportioned body. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, but a lot of women do. Good job, Elle McPherson. Good job. Good job, Elle McPherson. Okay, we had to look at some pictures of Elle McPherson. Okay, here we go. Um, a new set of questions on the horizon. Who called her the body? Where that did was she get that the was her nickname. Yeah, but who? The press called her the body. Elle, the body McPherson. The press. Okay. Okay. Um, here we go. History. Hualo Prison was more commonly called what by American POWs? I think I know this. Do you know this? Hanoi, the Hanoi Hilton. The Hanoi Hilton. Booyah, one out of one. Let's go. Yeah, Which is a that, small... What? Go that, ahead. That was not a pleasant place. No. I don't think that anyone nice really wants to be a, a prisoner of war. Well, <laughs> not in the Hanoi Hilton. Not anywhere. Which is a... Uh, which is a small flightless bird, also New Zealand's national symbol? Is the kiwi a bird? I'm thinking of a penguin. I'm thinking of the kiwi. I think that's a bird. Kiwi is a really good guess. And the, I, I kind of remember the kiwi being related to New Zealand for some reason. It popped into my head. I'll say kiwi. Let's say kiwi. I'll say kiwi. Two You're out of two. Right. I know this one. Music one, but it's not about boy zone, so I know the answer. Who took over as lead guitarist of the Yardbirds when Eric Clapton quit? Do you have any idea? I see. I don't, I don't know music like you do. I have no idea. 
I think it's Jimmy Page, the one, the guy who went on to be the lead guitarist of Led Zeppelin. So I'm going to say <laughs> Jimmy Page. Okay. Oh no, it's Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck. <laughs> I never liked Jeff Beck. I'm wrong. I missed the music question. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Jimmy Page was in the Yardbirds, though. I gotta look at this that, stuff. That's not Jimmy Page. There you have up there, David. I'm pretty sure that's not Jimmy Page. Yeah, the Yardbirds. Jimmy Page was formed Led Zeppelin. He was in the Yardbirds, but I guess Jeff Beck was also in the Yardbirds, and it was Jeff Beck that took over for Eric Clapton. I suppose that pisses me off. Okay. <laughs> uh. Well, the 2007 rule banning suspended NFL players from signing with the CFL was named for what player? I think, and this might not be true, but I have a guess. Do you have a guess? 2007. No, I don't know. I think it was Ricky Williams. Oh, see. No, I don't know. I'm going to guess Ricky Williams because he was smoking weed. He kept getting banned. From the NFL for smoking weed. Canada, they didn't really care if you were smoking weed. It's like, well, you're not doing anything bad. You're just smoking weed all the time. So we tried to get a contract with the CFL, but the NFL said no. So I think it's Ricky Williams. Okay, let's see if it is. Oh, yeah. Hey, good job, Fred. Yay. I remember, I remember that story. Okay, we have to move my, our picture real quick. What 2010 horror novel by Jeff Strand was nominated for a Bram Stoker Award? Yikes. This is the thing about trivia. If you're not into horror novels, you don't know. But if you are, Drac I'm, I'm sure that it's like a common one to know. Dracula. No, Bram Stoker Award is for the best horror novel. I'm thinking what came out after... Um... Well, I'm thinking of horror movies because I, I actually see horror movies. I don't read horror novels. So, um, what came out around that time that was a horror movie? Oh, novel by Jeff Strand. When I, I, I hear Bram Stoker, I think of uh, Dracula. Yeah. But this is a novel by Jeff Strand. So, the Bram Stoker Award is given to the best horror novel. Yeah. Uh, you know, I. Any horror, I, I think of, uh, uh, what's the guy's name that, uh, uh, It, uh, what's his Stephen name? Stephen King? I think it's Stephen King novels. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go with a movie that yes. I saw a few days ago, and I know it's wrong, but it was called The Black Coat's Daughter, a very good horror movie. Other mm. good horror movies that I've seen, The Witch, that one's good. Um Another good horror movie. Let's just leave it at those two for now. Okay. I'll, I'll say uh, The Goonies. <laughs> a movie that is came that, out in 1987. Oh, is that 1987? I, I think The Goonies came what's, out in 1987. Let's see here. What's, what's the one with a little... 85. Little what was the cute little ones that then all of a sudden... The Gremlins. They got, the Gremlins, yeah. T 2010. What happened in 2010? That was 11 years ago. I don't the, know. I'll say The Conjuring. Dweller. We were not going to get that one, no matter how hard close. we tried. Not even close. No, I'm not, I'm not into horror films. Lake Champlain. That's not even a film. It was. I think it's just a book. I'm not sure the they've book. made. I'm not sure yeah. they've made a movie of Dweller. Okay, I want to see. It's American writer Jeff Strand. Oh. Look at this. The paperback only has 239 ratings on Amazon. That is some obscure trivia. You know what I mean? People seem to like it, though. Okay. One Which last... Goes which oh. goes to show you that sometimes things that are really, really good are not necessarily popular. Yeah, it's true. It won an award. People that read it love it. But I never heard of it. Um, so good for Jeff Strand. Good for Dweller. If we get this next question, 
and we're about halfway through the episode, we will have set a new personal record of four out of six. So wow. don't so don't blow it. <laughs> okay. Lake Champlain lies on the border between Vermont and which other U.S. state? Do you know? Well, you could say New. It's either New Hampshire or New York. Could it be? Is Massachusetts the Massachusetts border? But what about Pennsylvania? No. no, no, they're 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 below. They're, Lake Champlain is uh, up. Is the border between U.S. and uh, Canada? Hmm. And and it's up. And uh, uh, Vermont is in sandwich between New Hampshire and New York. Okay. So uh, it's either New Hampshire or New York. So what if I said New Hampshire and you said New York? I I think I think it's New York. Okay. I I think it's New Hampshire. And we're about to find out now. New York. New good York. job. Because Lake Champlain goes inland. Okay, I feel bad about not knowing my geography, but we have to look at uh, a map of the U.S. Here we go. Northeast. See right there. You're right. No, it does, but it does border Massachusetts. Make it. Can you make it bigger? I don't. Th I don't think it goes down that far. No, look. Do you see right here? Yeah, I see it. Massachusetts is here. Vermont is here. They border each other. Oh, oh, yeah. They border each other, but Lake Champlain doesn't. Here, no, no, but I said, could it be Massachusetts? And he said, no. Vermont doesn't border. Vermont only borders New Hampshire and New York. But I was right. Well, what I mean is the Canadian border up there. Yes, Lake Champlain is further north, and Vermont's on its south border. Yeah. That's that's what I meant. It's up north. Actually, I thought I didn't realize Lake Champlain was north south. I thought it was east west. Hmm. That's why I thought it could be New Hampshire. But the bottom line is that we got it right. We got it right. Shall we do yep. one more, uh, two more sets? Okay. So we got four, and we got three, we got two, and then we got four. Four is our record. Okay, what year did Ray Bradbury publish the novel Fahrenheit 451? You need to move the picture. Hmm. Okay. What year did Ray Bradbury publish the novel Fahrenheit 451? 85? No, oh, no. I think it was during McCarthyism. 55? 55 sounds right. I'll say 56. Okay. You're going to say 55? I'll say 55, see if we can. i just guessing 55. Because if I say 57 and you say 55, it will be 56. I'm sure it's going to be 54 <laughs> or 56. I'll say 56, you say 55. It'll be 54 or 57. Oh, 53! Yeah. Oh, no. 1953. We were two off. Well, I think the thing about trivia is we were close. I mean, we were in the right ballpark. Yeah. Um, what was first presented at Hollywood's Roosevelt Hotel on May 16th, 1929? I know this one. Do you know it? Oh, first presented in Hollywood's Roosevelt Hotel. Uh, an award of some kind? Yes. Uh, the Academy Awards or the something Academy like that? The Academy Awards. Remember, remember when we watched the Colette acceptance speech? Oh, yeah. And the guy said, today is Colette's birthday. She was born uh, two weeks before the first Academy Awards ever happened. It's the Academy Awards. Oh, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I kind of feel like we deserve honorable mention for getting within two years of Fahrenheit 451's release date. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, squab is a name given to the young of which bird? Oh, that's that's kind of a that's a good that's a good one. Science, squab. Is it pheasant? I don't think so. Uh, 
No, I, I, I don't think it's a game bird. It's a game bird. They eat squab on Top Chef. Oh, I guess so, yeah. Well, you're right, David. You're right. They do eat it. Okay, so it could be pheasant. It could be quail. But I think the, that uh, you, a young quail would be too small to eat. Like a baby quail. So it's got to be a somewhat larger, like at least the size of a chicken. But because you're eating a baby chicken. Could it be a chicken? Actually, uh, no, I don't think so. I think I think pheasant is a very good guess. All right. Let's go with pheasant. Let's go with, let's go with pheasant. A squab is the name given to the young of which bird? We're going to say pheasant. And if we get this... My 150 hours of watching Top Chef in my life will have paid off. <laughs> Pigeon! Pigeon! Ah! Pigeon! I knew uh, it started with a P. I deserve honorable mention for that one, too. Yeah, sure. A pigeon. Oh, wow. They eat pigeon. It's weird, isn't it? And it's like a delicacy. Yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't want to eat a pigeon. I guess the thing is a pigeon, they say, oh, they're walking rats. But they probably know dirtier than a commercially farmed chicken. And I think the thing about that stuff is you can be adamant about be a vegan, watch what you eat, eat clean, eat healthy, and that's good. Or you could take the other route, which is you eat all that stuff. And in order for it to be healthy for you to eat all that stuff, you have to not worry about it. (laughs) That's my advice. If you're going to eat food in this world and you want it to be healthy one of the keys is don't worry about it (laughs) because worry is more unhealthy than some food you can eat Mm -hmm. that you're getting at yep that'll hurt your that'll hurt your health more we're one for three um this next one it's a gimme because i was born in november what is november's birthstone it uh, is, do you know? Uh, garnet? Topaz. January's garnet. November's topaz. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you're born in November. Makes it November easy. November 11th. Uh, no, November don't tell my birthday 11th. on stream. <laughs> Why? Uh, it's personal information people could use against you. Oh. Well, you're born in November. <laughs> Topaz, where on the European continent is located the only population of monkeys living in the wild? Hmm. Okay, I'm going to say something. And it may be, I think a lot of times when things sound racially insensitive, it's just out of ignorance. But... I don't know the answer to this. And when I think of monkeys, I think of a film that I saw when I was a kid called Aladdin. Because his sidekick was a little monkey in a fez. Mm -hmm. And I know that Aladdin's supposed to take place in Arabia, but the closest country on the European continent I can think of that's close to Arabia is Turkey. So I'm going to say Turkey because of the movie Aladdin. That's probably a good guess. That's a really good guess, David. Yeah, I'll, I'll say Turkey. Gibraltar. Oh. Wow. Originally from the Atlas Mountains and the Rift Mountains of Morocco. Ah. The Barbary population in Gibraltar has existed for centuries. Wow. What's that word? The Barbary... Macaque. Macaque. Shall we take a look at what a macaque looks like? Yeah. They were in that... There they are. Macaques. Wow. That's pretty cool. They're kind of cute. No one's got a red face. They call that one the red face macaque. Okay. Well, you know that, that that's kind of a that's kind of in the European continent, Gibraltar. That's kind of a, a respectful that that these 
that they live in the wild. But the thing is, they're still allowed to be wild. That's what I'm getting at. They're originally from Morocco, so they brought them from Africa to the southern tip of Europe. Oh, it's the only place where they live wild. It's yeah. like, well, they brought chimpanzees to the Frankfurt Zoo. <laughs> like, I see, but it's living in the wild. That's the, because it's like they were brought there. Okay, I just, I'm pissed that we missed it. Well, we're two out of five. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Grammy Awards are depicted by what gold-plated musical object? We'll get another three out of six. We're batting 500. Do you know? A harp. No, it's a phonograph. A phonograph. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, like an RCA Victor-style phonograph. Yeah, what am I thinking of a harp? What's the harp? I have no clue. Anyway. Yeah, with a phonograph with a big bell. Mm-hmm. They might say record player. Gramophone. That's that's right, right? That's right. Oh, we're yeah. going to call that right. Gramophone. Yeah, we're going to call that right. Uh, but as long as we're doing this, we're going to Google, what's the difference between a phonograph and a gramophone? Gramophone, with any... With oh. a picture to the right so we can see it. A gramophone is any sound recording device or device for playing previously recorded sounds, especially if it uses a flat spinning disc. Phonograph is any sound recording device or device for playing previously recorded sounds, especially if it uses a spinning cylinder. So was I wrong? Not in my mind. No, we're, we're going to give that one to ourselves. We deserve it. <laughs> three out of six again four is our best two is our worst and we've gotten two threes do you think we can squeeze in two more maybe it's at, we're at we 40 minutes yeah we can go faster we'll just go right to the answers i no i like i like chit chatting about it i don't know i think it makes it more fun who is the greek equivalent of the roman goddess Juventus? Juve I've never heard of Juventus. 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 Okay. Juventus. The Greek equivalent of the Roman goddess. Goddess. I think that we should double up on this, and I think we could get it. Um, I wanted to say Artemis when I read the question. She's the goddess of the hunt, and I think that's a good guess. Now, Jupiter is Jove. So Juventus might be like uh, the wife of Jove, which would be Hera, which was Zeus's wife. Good grief. You know all that stuff. I don't know any of that stuff. So I think that if I answer Artemis and you answer Hera, we'll have a good chance of one of the two of us being right. Yeah, it's really both of your answers. I'll say Hera. I'll say Artemis. Heba. They were both wrong. <laughs> Heba. I didn't know any of it. Okay. Wow, that's pretty good, David. I don't know that the Greek and Roman gods. Juventus, Heba. Heba. She's the Greek goddess of youth. Well, now we know. I don't like that. I don't like missing questions. <laughs> I know this one. Entertainment. From what film is the line, I'll have what she's having? Do you know? Oh, yeah. That's that's in When Harry Met Sally. Yes. And do you know what deli they're in? Uh, <laughs> no. Katz's, I can see the... Katz's Deli, New York City. Yeah, I can see the scene. It's, that's when she was faking an... Uh, orgasm? Faking an orgasm, and he says, I'll have what she's having. Yeah. yeah. Um, Meg Ryan was, and Billy Crystal, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a funny scene. It was a good scene. Uh, but just talking about Katz's Deli makes me want a pastrami sandwich. <laughs> uh-huh. We got this one. When Harry met Sally. Sure, Sally was only faking it, but the act was good enough to prompt another diner to request, I'll have what she's having. Yeah. They're reenacting the scene. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, 
we're one of two. Where I don't know if we're gonna get a perfect score because this is our second to last set and we already missed one. But we'll move on. Geography, the fillet of which fish is used to make roll mops? Salmon. Like salmon, like I'm thinking they roll them, right? So it has to be like a thin fish. You say salmon, I'll say cod. Sound good? Yeah. I don't know the answer to this. I don't know. Herring. Herring. Okay, we got to look up roll mops, don't we? Yeah. It's like a red herring to me. Ah, oh, wait. Let me kill our picture so we can see the little picture on the side. Roll mops. Here they are. Little rolled up herring. Looks kind of scary to me. Did they just eat the skin and all? Uh, that's what I'm wondering. Wow. And the fish isn't cooked, it's just pickled. Roll mops. Oh my. Marinade. Vinegar. Wow. So they just pickle the fish. They roll it up. It looks like they put a little pickle inside of it. Doesn't that look like a pickle? Uh, right here. It, uh, it does. Yeah, it does. And I don't know if there's any sauce. It's just like basically raw fish and pickle. Yum. Yum, I say. No, I, you got to love fish to eat that because it's almost like you're biting into a live fish. I think you got to grow up eating it. Like I, I, This doesn't appeal to me, but if I were in Sweden or Poland or wherever the hell they eat this stuff and I started having it, I would get used to it. Um, for instance, some people think bagel and lox is disgusting. It's like you get a big piece of bread you put on cream cheese and then smoked salmon. Like, they, that sounds disgusting. But then once you eat it, you're like, oh, wait, this is delicious. <laughs> okay, so we're one for one for three. Who built the French country house called the Chateau de Monte Cristo? Wow. I don't uh, know. King Louis, King Louis the, I'd say the 15th. I think the 15th was um, just a little boy. Okay. He didn't reign for King, very long. Uh, the 14th or the 16th. King Louis the 14th then? Yeah, 14th sounds good. You can say that. Should I say someone who else it might be? Who it might like be? Napoleon? Napoleon. Napoleon. I'll say Napoleon. You say King Louis the 14th. The two yeah. obvious French historical answers. Right. I'll say Napoleon. You say Louis the 14th. Okay. Alexander Dumbass, the author of The Three Musketeers <laughs> and the Count of Monte Cristo. Alexander Dumas. Dumas. Yeah, Dumbass. What movie was that in? Uh, oh, what movie was that in? I know it's what? been a joke in a movie. I forget. And they go, oh, the guy who wrote this was Alexander Dumbass. Says, no, no, it was Dumas. I, I know. I think I know. I do Shawshank know. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. That's right. Great movie. A good movie, yeah. I watched Escape from Alcatraz recently, and it does this worse than the Shawshank Redemption does, but it, a lot of prison movies, the people that are in jail for violent crimes are the good guys, and the people charged with being their uh, prison guards are the bad guys, and it's like, eh. I know that for the movie, you have to sympathize with the prisoners, but I'm sure that in real life, there's a lot of shades of gray to that. Yeah. Um, what is the common word for a metric ton in the U.S.? I got a bad joke. You want to hear it? <laughs> I guess so. The dump I just took. A metric uh, ton. A oh. <laughs> uh, metric ton. Uh, common word for the metric ton. Is, I, I don't know where they're going with that. It's, is it, what is a metric ton? A thousand kilograms? Maybe so. It's a half a ton. No, I mean, a, a ton. A ton is, is a ton 2, is two thousand pounds. Two thousand pounds. I think a, a metric, metric ton, ton is a thousand kilograms. Thousand kilograms. Which is roughly the weight of a ton, because a kilogram is like two point some odd pounds, right? Oh, uh, okay. Um, a heavy ton. Heavy ton. I like that. Let's go heavy ton. Oh, a tonny. T o n n e. 
Boo. No. Now I think yeah, we need to educate ourselves true. on the metric ton, don't we? I think so. Let's figure out exactly what a metric ton is. We're learning. We're using this time. Metric ton, two pounds. 2204. That's why a heavy ton is... I liked that idea. Metric ton, two kilograms. 1,000. I was right. So I think... Yeah, metric ton or tons. I like your answer, heavy ton. I'm going to say you were right and that the trivia is wrong. <laughs> because it's Probably 20... Today's it's 2,200 pounds. And it's like, that's a heavy ton. It is a heavy ton. <laughs> but <laughs> in my defense, I knew that a ton was 2,000 pounds and a metric ton was 1,000 kilograms. And that kilograms were slightly more than two pounds. And that's why I went with heavy ton. So we, I think that's a decent amount of knowledge about the ton, right? I think, I think, yeah, oh, I think we've started a new, uh, a new trivia word because a, a, a metric ton is called a heavy ton. I think actually, before we move on, short ton. Oh no, look at this. Are you reading this? Yes, they measure by the U.S. ton or short ton as imperial ton or long ton is heavier. But they call it an imperial ton or a long ton, but they don't call it the heavy ton. I was hoping that they no. already called it the heavy ton. The short and long. See, now that, that, that's a, a misnomer. They should call it's it a heavy ton. Long. It's not long is not a measure of weight. It's a measure of length. <laughs> What what are they talking about? I agree with your. We're right. We're right and they're wrong. I think what you just said was the smartest thing anyone's ever said about weights and measures. <laughs> An imperial ton is a heavy ton, not a long ton, a heavy ton. I agree. Um, and Frosty the Snowman, who brought Frosty back to life? Frosty the Snowman. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> Oh, well, the kids who put the hat on him brought him back to life. I think it was Santa Claus, wasn't it? They put they put the the top hat when they put the top hat. No, and then he started to melt, and they had to take him to the North Pole, and Santa brought him back to life. Oh, remember? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, no. I remember they put a top hat and it became started he, that, that brought him to life, but then he died. He he's like a Jesus type character. He dies and he gets resurrected. Oh, I think it was Santa. You think it's the kids? Okay. Santa, booyah! Santa, yay! We got that one. You got that one. We got two out of four. That was our worst. We can't end on our worst. We have to do one more. How does that sound? <laughs> okay, we have to do one more. I'm having fun. Are you having fun? Uh-huh. Who is a Roman patron saint of hangovers? Hmm. The Roman patron saint of hangovers. I don't know. Um, when it says Roman, I think like the god of wine, Bacchus. But when it says patron saint, it's like Roman Catholic. So yeah. what saint is known for... Is it St. Patrick? <laughs> or is that racist? St. Patrick is the patron saint of hangover. No. Uh, well, whoever you say, you'll call it racist because it's hangovers. Uh, saint, but it could be like St. Christopher, St. Gabriel, St. Michael. St. Patrick is just... I, I think it's St. Gabriel. What do you say? I have no idea. It's a Roman... Roman Roman Catholic saint of hangovers would be uh, Saint Thomas. Okay. Saint Bibiana. I have no idea who that is. Well, we're not going to get a perfect score on any of our boards, but I think we do need to learn a little something about Saint Bibiana. 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 Wow. Epileptics, hangovers, headaches, insanity, mental illness. 
He's a Roman virgin and martyr. Wow. Fourth century Rome. Single women torture victims. Wow. Wow. That's kind of cool. I'm glad we did this because you know what? Now I know about St. Bibiana, the patron saint of hangovers, but I think perhaps more importantly, the patron saint of epileptics, mental illness, torture victims. Do you think that there's a little bit of a, a burn here? Like, that's a condition. That's a hangover. Then there's insanity, mental illness, and then single lay women. It's like... That's sort of in the same vein as being mentally ill. Or being well, I think over. that's, yeah, but uh, no, I, I think it's because Bibiana or Viviana or Vivian was a virgin. Yeah, okay. So she was single her killed. Whole, yeah, she, she was single, single her And life. she was martyred. Yeah, I think either the martyr part or, the, you know, just, they kind of said, well, she was that too and she was this, you know. But it was, they don't go together, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say. I like that question because I learned something. Yeah, it was good. Bibiana. My knowledge of the Catholic saints, because I'm not Catholic, is lacking. It's something I could educate myself on. Yeah, me too. I like this Saint Bibiana. Yeah, me too. She gives a voice. I I think I've told you this before. I watch a movie review channel on YouTube called Red Letter Media. I like their reviews. But they were reviewing M. Night Shyamalan's latest movie and in the movie these crazy people run amok and they're saying yeah in his last movie he really went in hard on people with mental illness as well they were these two crazy old people and they killed these children and it's like and i think if they were another group that there would be people protesting these movies but when it comes to the mentally ill if you are mentally ill you don't have the wherewithal to protest and if you care for someone who's mentally ill, you're too exhausted to protest this depiction of you in film. So they become sort of a scapegoat. Like, oh, we can we can't, you know, we can't choose an ethnic group. We can't choose um a sexual orientation. We can't uh we can't there's a lot of people that you can't make fun of because they'll organ or you know, play as the villain because they'll organize and say, that's not who we are. But you can do that with mentally ill people because they don't have the strength to fight back. And I think that's kind of cool that there is a patron saint that's for right. the mentally ill. That's right. So that they can fight for the people who can't fight. Yes. So that's why I like St. Bibiana. I do too. Oh, wait. We've already had this one. I say we take it. What filet of fish is used to make roll mops? Do you I'll remember? I'll say herring. I'll I think say I'll herring. say herring. Oh, we got got it. it. (laughs) We got it. Okay, what does a funambulist do? Funambulist. Uh, They uh, they tumble. I think amble is walk. Fun, I don't know. I'm going to say they're a pallbearer. Like they're a funeral walker. Wow. Wow, that's a really good guess. I was thinking of like gymnastics of some kind. Yeah, let's let's say a pole pole bearer. Pole bearer. Pole bearer. They're a tightrope walker. You were right. I was I was right. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't say tightrope. I was thinking of tumbling. Gymnast, yeah. Gymnast, Damn it. Yeah. I can't believe I missed it. <laughs> that was a good guess though. What mu- musician helped fund the USS Arizona Memorial? I think I know this. Do you know? That's no, no. Uh, uh, the USS Arizona Elvis. was crashed. It could be Elvis, but it crashed in Hawaii or it got destroyed in Hawaii. And I would say, you could say Elvis. I will say the one musician trying- from Hawaii, Don Ho. Oh, but the, well, it could be. But isn't that, wasn't that the one that uh, got uh, destroyed, destroyed during Pearl Harbor? Pearl Harbor, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's in Hawaii. You could say Elvis because Elvis did spend a lot of time in Hawaii. I'll say Don Ho. Sound good? Okay. Elvis, you were right. Yay. I think sometimes I overthink these and you get them right. Yeah, I don't think. 
What is the chemical symbol for curium? <laughs> what is the chemical symbol for curium? Okay, do you think it's it CU? Be, isn't CU copper? Oh, is it? Uh-huh. So it has to be... CM? CM, maybe? Now, is curium, is radium and curium two different things? Uh, I don't know. I don't know my chemicals that well. No, I'll say RD if you say CM. Hmm. Like, like it, it is radium. Then they ended up calling it curium. Oh, really? Is I don't it know. the same thing? I don't know. Okay, well, we'll have to look this up, but I'll say CM. I'll say RD. Well, it could be CR. Yeah. I'll say CR. Uh, should I say CM or RD? Up to you. I'll say CM because I think that radium is its own element. I think so, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you won. <laughs> so we got one, two, three. I got Presley. You got CM. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got one more question. If we get this, we tie our best. Who plays the guitar introduction to Michael Jackson's hit, Black or White? Famously in Beat It. That's Eddie Van Halen. Mm. I think because this was the early 90s, Eddie Van Halen was the king of the 80s. I think it might be Slash, the guitarist from Guns N' Roses. I don't know music. I don't know. Shall we say Slash? I mean, I've heard Black or White. It's a, it's a, I think it's a good song. It's fun. Yeah, let's say Slash. I hope we get it. We need to get it. Oh, yeah. Slash Yay! is the answer. We're leaving victors. Yes, we that's, got, a, that's our best one. We got more right than we got wrong. We got, in this last set, we got herring, because everyone knows that roll mops are made out of herring, especially us. <laughs> now. Elvis Presley in Hawaii. Curium is obviously CM. And Slash played the intro to Black and White. We should have got walks on tightrope, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, because uh, we were close, I said gymnast, but uh, I went with uh, Paul Bear. Paul yep. Bear. Well, I think that this has been very fun. We're already getting some repeats, so I'm not sure how many times we could do it, you know? Uh-huh. But. Yeah, did, but I'm sure there are other sites out there, too. Yeah, did you have fun? I like the layout of this, though. It's nice. This is a good site. Random Trivia Generator. It was good. Um, so shall we wrap it up? I, I had fun. This was a good, I mean, I don't know if anyone else will enjoy listening to us play trivia, but <laughs> I enjoyed it, and that's really all that matters, right? Yeah, but now we know the patron saint of mental illness. Bibiana. Bibiana. And is we there... learned, so it's educational here today. Yes, we know about role mops. We know about St. Bibiana. And do you remember the name of the first lady doctor in England? Uh, it was a lot. It was three names. Three names. Yeah. Let's let's tell our readers. I don't remember either. Uh, Elizabeth, I think Elizabeth Anderson. Elizabeth Blackwell. Blackwell. Elizabeth Back Blackwell. In the in the eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh no, Elizabeth Garrett Anderson. You're right. Elizabeth Garrett Anderson. I was right. Elizabeth yeah. Anderson. So we learned about Elizabeth Anderson, St. Bibiana, and of course, the most important thing we learned is that in Eastern Europe and Scandinavia, they roll disgusting fish up with pickles and then they eat them raw, basically. <laughs> so good job, guys. Herring. Um, but you know what? There's nothing wrong with that, right? No, no. We eat, we eat stuff here that I'm sure they don't eat. Mm-hmm. And I think trivia is good because you can learn things, and with the internet in front of you, you can research them a bit, like the Marianas Islands, or Dr. Elizabeth Anderson, or St. Bibiana. And I think the more you know, the more you can know. So I think that's a good place to end today's episode. Is there anything you'd like to say? Yeah, and the more you know, uh, the healthier you are. Keep learning. But the way you learn is talk, so keep on talking. And listen more than you talk and try to understand what the other person is saying. We'll see you next time. Bye.